Before the next episode of XJob Downloaded starts, I have a big favour to ask. If you've enjoyed any of our episodes so far, please can you click on the follow button on your platform. I'm on Apple, Spotify, Google, Amazon and YouTube. It costs nothing to follow, but makes a real difference to me as a podcast producer. Thank you. This interview is being tape recorded. My name is Paul Maleri, and this is X Job Downloaded. And today I'm going to interview my cousin, Michael Welsh. Michael, all the way from uh, the west coast of Ireland, thank you so much for taking part in this today at such short notice. No problem, Paul. It's it's absolutely a pleasure to be here. Um, I, I suppose I should start by saying today is Valentine's Day, so fourteenth uh, <laughs> of February. So can can we send the love across the across the Irish Sea to to all the cousins over over in the UK? Indeed, and and all over the world. We were just discussing how we've got family, New Zealand, America, and we'll, we'll go into that later on. But you know the history and yeah, the the loves out there, mate. And it's absolutely fantastic to be speaking to you today. Um, so I know where it began, but where did it all begin? Where, where were you born? Where were you brought up? Well, I suppose I and, and my, my, my parents never really left home, unlike your parents. Um, we're based here in Galway, uh, in the west of Ireland, uh, in a very rural community near, I suppose, the nearest town to us would be Uchtarard, uh, which is often described as the gateway to Connemara. Uh, so a very rural setting. Um, I know the house that that our our uh, my my grandparents, uh, your great grandmother was brought up in was was built back in the last century. Uh, that house is still there. Uh, our auntie Kitty lives in it. Yeah. Um, so that's that's home. Um, I suppose I've been fortunate. Um, I have. Uh, I joined the police, and I'm sure we'll speak about that, as did you. Um, you know, went to work in Dublin, went to work in other parts of the country. I'm still serving, still serving in the police, and I've been fortunate to come back to Galway in the last 10 years and serve in my my native county, which which is good. And I suppose spent time with with my 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 parents and and, and siblings and, and and extended family. And how far from your dad do you live? How far are you? I could throw a stone to my oh, dad's house. Oh, um, I suppose we we were brought up on a small brought up on a small farm um, on the side of a on the side of a mountain almost. And um, again, fortunately, we all uh, each of my siblings we all got a little site to build to build our own house. So um, it's kind of like the Walsh Row here. There's myself, my sister, my brother, my aunt Kitty, and then my dad. So we're all on the all on the same street, which has advantages and lots of disadvantages. <laughs> yeah. There we go. Yeah, I, I, I can feel your pain, mate. Um, I I vividly remember as a child coming and, and staying with your parents and staying at the cottage, and and as a, a six year old walking down to. Over the back, there was a lake over the back and you had a dog called Fly, if I remember rightly. And I just walked for miles, you know, six, seven years old with a fishing rod. And I just did my own thing. And I was as safe as houses. And I remember um, your grandfather, my great-grandfather, you know, they were digging the turf. They were cutting, you know, footing the turf and going to Aunt Bridges and 
dick and you know the the smell and the cooking and the food and it and it brings back so many happy memories as a child and i remember when you you know when you were born it's but it's a beautiful part of the world and it's still unspoiled but what was the motivation to leave that part of the world and join the garda um I'd like to say that you influenced me, Paul, but um, <laughs> I'm not sure where the, the, the fascination for the police came because none of my immediate family, I, I know all of your family are, are, are police orientated or have a history or a, um, a connection with the police. But for me, um, that connection wasn't there. I suppose as you go through uh, school and, and you're kind of trying to decide what am I going to do with life? Um, some of my friends were looking at the police and I applied thinking, okay, look, I'll, I'll, I'll have a look at this. And uh, I was immediately successful, unlike some of my friends. And I said, okay, I'll, I'll give this a try. And I suppose that was back in the, in the early 90s when maybe uh, there was a recession and, and there wasn't a lot of work there. And my mother encouraged me, said, look, go and try it. Um, and off I went and I never, never looked back and moved to Dublin and I suppose had that experience of city life and everything else. But I think that all brings back to what you said there about where we live and the ruralness of it and the open blank canvas that we live on. It's that freedom. Mm. Um, you know, as you, as you spoke there about the fishing rod in the lake and the dog and, and, and all that, that's freedom. And I suppose having, having traveled the world and, and lived in cities to come back to that, um, as, as kids growing up, we didn't appreciate it. Yes. We had a fabulous upbringing, a fabulous, a fabulous place to live, but I appreciate it more in, in later life now and bringing my own kids up here. It is just a fabulous place to live. Oh, it is beautiful and totally unspoiled. And I always remember going um, with our other cousins to c- catch the fly, you know, go and, go and catch the mayfly. And you have a big box of mayfly and they get sold to the American tourists who are going to go fishing on the curb. And it was just, it was an idyllic childhood, you know, for, for me to have the opportunity to come out there, it was idyllic. And of course, if you go back even further, um, we had a, a Aunt Mary's husband was in the Metropolitan Police from about 1934, there or thereabouts, and then he joined the Grenadier Guards and he landed in, in Normandy. After the war, he then came back and joined the Met Police and he retired in the early 70s and they moved down to West Cork. So we've got a huge history of policing and, in fact, um, we have a an uncle, and I'd love to love to find him. My my grandmother's uncle, um, he went to New York and he joined the police there. And if if I could just find out who he was and what he did, I've, you know, you've got loads of connections in New York, so have I. It, it would just be absolutely wonderful to find out all about him. And I know we were talking about family history earlier on. So, what roles have you undertaken within the Garda? Um, yeah, I suppose, as I said, I started in Dublin in 1993, and like any young police officer, you're, you're straight out on the beat. Um, the, my first station was called Irishtown Garda Station, and it was right beside Lansdowne Road. Um, one of my, my first tours of duty, and one of my most memorable tours of duty, was um, a riot at a <laughs> soccer match between Ireland and England uh, back in 94, I think that was. Um, so that was my one of my introduction introductions to 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 um, policing policing stadiums and and public order and public disorder. Um, so I started there in, in in as a regular police police officer. Um, 
I quite quickly got on to a motorcycle um, because every Garda station back then would have had a motorcyclist. And I found that great because it gave you great freedom to, you know, I was as a young fellow, I was very active. Um, and as you know yourself, sometimes if you end up in the police car with an older guy who may not be as active, you're kind of governed by where yeah. they go and what they do. Where when you had the bike, you had that freedom to go and do whatever you wanted. Uh, I remember one particular night, my sergeant telling me, um, after I had 11 prisoners arrested at different stages during the night, he said he was going to let the air out of the tires of my motorbike if I didn't <laughs> stop bringing in prisoners. But um, so I started there. Um, I, for a small while, worked as a detective in, in that station, kind of um, part-time uh, when they needed somebody to fill in on special operations. Uh, but I kind of missed, I missed the motorbike. Um, I kind of had a, a passion for it. And um, the traffic corps was advertised, which is kind of your roads policing units. But the traffic corps in Dublin Castle was advertised. And I said, you know what, I'll give this, give this a shot. Uh, and I went in there in 1999 or thereabouts. And I spent five or six years there. In there, predominantly, we were doing VIP escorts. Um, so I'd have met a lot of the American presidents around that time. Um, I had photographs with Gorbachev, with um, who else? Archbishop Tutu. Lots of memorable oh, photographs. The Irish presidents, yeah, all the Irish politicians. Uh, really good fun, you know, escorting teams. Um, we had the Ryder Cup. We had uh, lots of events like that. We had the EU presidency for a year or for six months. And I remember being on tour around Ireland for, for six months, living out of a suitcase, which was was a bit of fun. You were almost in ho on holiday, a busman's holiday, let's say. Um, I got promoted from from the traffic corps, as it was called it, in Dublin Castle. And uh, I was sent to back to our training college, our police training college, which is based in County Tipperary uh, in Templemore. And um, I spent, I ended up spending 10 years there, not by choice, but I, I met my, my beautiful wife. Uh, she, was a, she was a teacher there, Caroline. And um, we, we worked together for a couple of years. And because she was a teacher uh, contracted to the police college, she didn't have the opportunity to move anywhere else. So there was no point in me moving anywhere else. But eventually um, there was vacancies for internal, internally for crime analysts. And she had a background in, in that kind of in that kind of education. So we we moved up to Galway uh, and she now is here as a regional crime analyst. Um, wow. And I'm here in Galway as a crime prevention officer. So um, that's what we've been at for the last five or six years here together. So it's quite good. Excellent. What did you train when you were at Temple Moor? What was your specialist subject or was it general policing? Yeah, I, I suppose general. When I went in first, it was general policing for for recruits, uh, your 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 law and procedures and and so on. But then I suppose quite quickly I transgressed into what we call operational skills training. So it was kind of a continuous professional development for the 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 full time police uh, in all skills other than firearms and driving. So method of entry, uh, CBRN, chemical, biological, nuclear, radioactive, uh, search first aid, um, and all of those skills, batons, handcuffs. I suppose I maybe specialised a little bit in public order. Um, I would have done a lot of work with the PSNI in Northern Ireland, a little bit of work with the Manchester Police and, and so on. Um, and going back to the, the soccer stadium in, in Lansdowne Road and the rise, looking at a lot of protest and, and protester removal, we've, we would have had protests 
um, around the country in the 0809 following, I suppose, the, the crash, the economic crash. Um, budget protests in Dublin. We had protests down in County Mayo, quite close to us here in Galway, Shell to Sea. The oil company were were um, importing gas and oil um, off the West Coast and there was, there was environmental protests there. So I suppose you had that um, operational experience along with your 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 um with your I suppose teaching uh, we yeah. were out on the ground as um, tactical advisor I was I was trained by the PSNI as a public order tactical advisor I was actually the tech advisor for the G8 summit which was hosted in Northern Ireland mm. but um, of the eight countries six of them are actually residing in the south so we don't get any credit for for hosting a G8 summit but we had most of the work but it went off very very peacefully, thankfully. So look, I suppose when you look at my my history of my career, it's been very diverse. I've, I've done a bit of everything really, uh, but I've enjoyed it immensely and I'm almost 30 years uh, in the door. Uh, May 1993, I, I started. So in, in two or three months time, I'll have, have 30 years under my belt, which is, um, it's just been a, been a blast really. And it goes so quickly, doesn't it? I mean, the, the problem is that once you finally hang up your handcuffs, the next six years as it is for me they've gone so quickly that i i just can't quantify it it's it's amazing but i tell you how far you your name spread i always remember being at the irish embassy in london uh for st patrick's day which was sponsored by guinness and jameson's and you know it was absolutely fantastic and um there was a contingent there as you would imagine from the garda and i said oh my cousin's in the garda oh is he yeah who is he so I thought, oh yeah we know they everybody knew you. I mean, it was literally everybody there knew you. Um, and oh my life, they, they were some really, really good nights there. Yeah. What, what, when did you get involved with the IPA? Because the International Police Association, I'm a member, um, but you're well involved in that. Let's start from the beginning of that. How did you get involved with the IPA? Um, I suppose like many, many young police starting uh, in, in our police career, we were introduced to the IPA um, and, it, and it seemed it, it seemed just a, a lovely thing. It seemed like um, a real opportunity to think bigger than your own police force. Um, and the IPA, I suppose, was started by, by a man from, from the UK by our, named Arthur Troop uh, back after the World War, I think about 1950. He started the IPA because I suppose he he was visionary in seeing that, um, you know, police need more than just their own police force, that we need to be more uh, cross-border. Uh, and while IPA is built on friendship, uh, there is still that professional connection. Um, and the great thing about it is, I mean, you know, in my phone now, I have a number for a police officer in pretty much every country in the world. Yep. I can send a text or an email and say, look, I'm coming, or would you give me advice or a recommendation, or can you help? You know, and often it could be medical emergencies, it can be anything. But to go back to your to your question, it was it was that um I suppose when, when somebody introduced you to it by way of a, a presentation and you saw police officers coming together with the different uniforms and all that, it kind of it resonated with something really exciting. Um that I you know, it's not that narrow minded, I'm only the Irish police. We are a bigger organization across the world because at the end of the day, as police, we all do the same thing. Yeah, we do. Uh, it doesn't matter what your uniform is like, what your handcuffs 
are, are like, we're all doing the same thing. We all have the same problems and it's great to be able to learn from each other. Um, and, and look, we've all been through it before, so we can, we can share those experiences, but also in a, in a, in a social setting, you mentioned the, the Guinness and the, and, and the whiskey. I mean, that's, that's all part and parcel of, of the friendship that the IPA brings. So I suppose I started, I joined the IPA back in 1993 when I joined the police and I suppose I was just a, a regular member for many years and had many great trips, St. Patrick's Day trips to the USA and so on. Um, and then when I was in the Garda College, uh, I ended up on a committee, uh, a local branch committee in the college and I suppose very active with all of the new students coming in. I suppose imparting my knowledge of the IPA and then showing photographs of me maybe at St. Patrick's Day events and so on. And that, I suppose, in turn was giving back what, what, what I had, you know, received 10 odd years previous. Um, and then I found myself on, on a national committee. Um, and I was, I suppose I ended up on the national committee. I was, I know I was a treasurer for a while. I was vice president for a while. And then I was going to World Congress and... Uh, somebody asked me, you know, put your name in the hat for an auditor's position. I was the treasurer in Ireland at the time. Put yourself forward for the auditor's position. So I did. And it was my first World Congress in Israel in 2012. And I was elected as an auditor. And I suppose then because I was the auditor, I was going to World Congress every year. And I spent the next seven or eight years being there. And I suppose meeting everybody and and, and enjoying the, the experience of the, the, the World Congress week. And um, following that, I suppose, my, my term as auditor would have been finished. You can do two terms. And there was a vacancy for treasurer on the international board. And I suppose, you know, the fact I had the experience as a treasurer in Ireland, the fact I had been two terms as auditor of the international accounts, it almost made sense for me to, to run for that position. So got elected uh, four years ago in Croatia, in Dubrovnik, as the international treasurer of the IPA. And that's where I've sat for the last for the last four years, uh, and we're up for election again this coming coming October. So if there's anybody listening there that can throw a vote my way, it would be appreciated. <laughs> <laughs> well, you've got my vote, mate. I mean, it is absolutely fantastic. So, being an Irishman, talk me through. What, I mean, you, you've taken part in St Patrick's Day parades in, I think, New York, Boston, Chicago. Is that right? Is that around the right sort of? areas yeah i've been st patrick's day new york chicago boston um that's that's been pretty much it yeah that's enough i think well, but, but, but what was that like i mean you're marching in one of the biggest parades in in the states i mean new york and boston i don't know what chicago's like for irish people but you know you're talking two of the biggest cities with a, an irish contingent what was that like Ah, it's absolutely amazing, and 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 don't dismiss Chicago. It's it was brilliant as well. And Chicago actually have two parades. They have um, the the downtown parade on the Saturday, and they have the Southside parade on the Sunday. And actually, I remember in Chicago they 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 asked us to lead the parade, so we were given the city flag and the the other flags to to actually march at the front of the parade, which was a huge a huge honor. But I mean, um, the sheer scale and size of of New York marching up Fifth Avenue or down Fifth Avenue, whichever way we went, uh, was was huge because you have police there from pretty much all over the world, thousands and thousands of police, all in their uniforms, all enjoying the occasion. You have, you know, what feels like millions of supporters out on the streets 
uh, all supporting police, supporting what we're there for, supporting St. Patrick's Day. Um, it's just a really proud day to be Irish. And um, I, I don't need to go on and tell you about the parties after the parade. I mean, it's just re- really good fun. Um, it's it's just a wonderful occasion, a wonderful thing to do. I'm sitting here grinning because I know exactly what they're like, mate. And um, <laughs> you can't remember a great deal the next day. That's the problem. When you uh, joined the Garda, did you think for one minute you would be travelling to... I mean, you've been to every country, haven't you? As a as a representative of the IPA, you've you've been to pretty much across the globe. Did you did you imagine that when you first joined? No, I absolutely not. Um, I suppose when I joined, I was thinking about um, you know being a Garda, um, being a member of the police here in Ireland, and and. Even traveling to Dublin for my first police station, that was a big step. And I never never foresaw that I would go beyond that, uh, other than maybe on a on a vacation somewhere. But to have that opportunity within the IEPA, as you said, to travel to pretty much uh, every country in the world um, is being breathtaking. Um, and, and it's not just the traveling to the other countries. It's, it's the hand of friendship that the IPA gives you because you arrive in the airport and, and you're met by by a colleague, you know that you're not going to be, you know, taken advantage of. You know that you're going to be safe. You know that you're going to be brought to the best places. And you're not going to be ripped off. Uh, you know, if there's anything you want, that they will do whatever they can to to assist you. And you know, so it's it's almost like walking into a police station back home and saying, "Can you help me with ABC?" You you have those colleagues that will just go beyond. To, to do whatever that is. But I mean, it, it's reciprocated uh, back here. I mean, you know, the, the, the spirit or the, the the motto of IPA, it's it's servo per amicheco. Uh, in English, that means service through friendship. And everybody, you know, thinks of the word friendship and that word resonates with them. But the other part of it is service, uh, like a police service, we're, we're there to serve and we serve our colleagues. So, you know, I'm sure when, when you come to, to Ireland Winter Golf Clubs, hopefully this year, Paul, you know, I'll be there uh, with with open arms and and maybe a pint of Guinness and 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 I suppose you know uh, extend that hand of hospitality that hand of friendship and and make people feel welcome and anything anything we can do for each other that's that's we're we're really a a big police family yeah absolutely and it is and it's such good value as well I mean I think it's somewhere in the region of, I don't know twenty five pounds you know thirty euros a year. But it gives you access to so many different things, and including they've got holiday homes all over the world. I think there's five in Ireland now, isn't there? We've, we've six actually. We've six. six in Ireland now. We we, we bought one in, in recent years there in Killarney in County Kerry, which is a beautiful part of the country. It's it's a fabulous apartment, uh, a large two bed apartment on the ground floor. Um, you know, each bedroom has a double and a single bed, so it sleeps six. They're on suites. Uh, it's part of a hotel complex. Uh, a five-star hotel complex, so you've use of all the leisure facilities. I mean, it's it's it. You're you're only paying. I think I know in the apartment this apartment complex, you're paying less than half what other people would pay wow. to to have a week's vacation there. So I mean, I've been there with my family on a couple of occasions. There's pitch and putt. There's tennis courts. There's 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 absolutely everything there. It's it's amazing. But yeah, we have six six houses here in Ireland. Um, our main house is in Dublin. Um, I mean, for twenty euros for a night. To get accommodation in Dublin, uh, I mean, hotels these days are, are two hundred euros thereabouts for for a hotel room. You know, I was at a rugby match actually in Dublin um, last 
last year and I, I met a, a colleague at, at the rugby match and uh, they're like, where are you staying? I said, I'm staying in the IPA house for 20 euros. They're like, oh my God, you know, why didn't I think of that? They were paying 600 euros that night for, for accommodation. So, I mean, people say, oh, you know, it's it's 30 quid or it's whatever it is for, 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 for membership for the year. You know, one night in the IPA house and you've made that back and then some left over. So it's it's really good, really good value for money. And of course you do courses as well, don't you? There's Gimbal, which is, uh, if I remember rightly, it was a, 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 a Nazi headquarters during the Second World War, but it's been taken on by the IPA and it's a, a place where people can go for lectures and, you know, you've got to be a member of the IPA, you've got to be a former police officer. Um, but it is, you know, they do some fantastic courses, human trafficking, drugs, the whole sort of, whole nine yards and it's it's really like i say really good value and yeah gimbron castle um it's it's near cologne in in germany um an amazing amazing little place um last time i was there there was very little coverage 3g coverage or 4g coverage which was great so you're actually getting an escape for a week uh there is wi-fi if you, if you do choose to, to use it but i mean they have um absolutely amazing facility there amazing classroom facilities uh they have a bar an honesty bar so there's no barman you just go and fill your own drinks and you you chalk down on, on the little sheet how much you've had to drink if you can remember <laughs> they have a lovely wine cellar um, you know sauna a fitness room absolutely everything there and it's it's again it's it's police officers from around the world coming together for something in common and i'm not talking about the bar i'm talking about the educational experience and as you said there's a wide variety of different seminars that are on on show there. Um, if anybody listening wants to Google it, um, just put in Gimborn, G-I-M-B-O-R-N-I-B-Z, um, we'll, we'll bring it up. And you can see the the full list of, of, of seminars that they run. Most IPA sections, most IPA countries will, will advertise them. We'll even sometimes supplement them uh, to get to get people to go there. Um, so, it, you know, you can have a great experience there at a really, really good, good, good uh, for a really good price and you'll come back with with uh, a qualification or a recognized qualification from it so it's definitely something if if somebody has an interest particularly the younger members you know early in your career if you can educate and show that you have um the the uh, i suppose the aptitude or the the interest in in further education yourself in in, in police in police stuff like i ran I suppose I was, I was, I mentioned battens and handcuffs earlier. I was a batten and handcuff uh, trainer. So I was a train the trainer uh, and I ran um, some seminars over there and young police officers and left that seminar with a qualification that they can come back and be an instructor in their own country in batten and handcuffs where a young member might not get that opportunity within their own police force. But by going to Gimburn, they come back and go, well, look, I have the accreditation. I can do this job now. And that, that a lot of young people have said to me has changed their career paths, has put them in a better position for promotion uh, and so on. It just opens, opens new doors. So as you know yourself, education is, is no load to have and, and the likes of Gimburn is, is a great facility and, and should be used as much as people can use it. Yeah, absolutely. And it's, you know, the continued professional development element of policing, certainly these days, it's, it's, it's absolutely vital to, to get on. And, of course, you run the International Police Association Guinness site, don't you? I mean, you're, that's your, I mean, what Irishman doesn't like a pint of Guinness. Um, 
but you know you you run the social media side of that and you've had coins struck and one thing and another and you've got people from literally all over the world that comment and they'll they'll take a picture of themselves in whatever country with a pint that must be real fun yeah look that was that was started as 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 a bit of fun um we started that in 2013 uh we were in copenhagen for for our world congress so i think that's where we came up with the idea of the ipa guinness forum at the time there were a number of different forums within the ipa there were like countries coming together um like-minded countries like the Mediterranean Forum or the, the North European Forum or whatever. Uh, and I said, let's start something fun because IPA is predominantly about that fun and friendship and it doesn't have to be always the, the very serious thing. So we started the IPA Guinness Forum um, on our Facebook page there. I think we have about 2,000 members now, which, as you say, I, I posted something there this morning about, you know, happy Valentine's Day with a pint of Guinness with a little heart on top. But um, it is all about just um, the other side of IPA, the fun side. Yeah, absolutely. And it is, but it's all fun, to be honest. I mean, we do the, um, as you know, the night at the Tower of London, the IPA night at the Tower of London uh, on a Tuesday evening. I'm going this evening. And it is fun, you know, and when you see happy, smiling faces, it's absolutely brilliant. And the commonality, policing is an international language, and it doesn't matter what press are trying to kick the living daylights out of what we what I did, what you do, there's still a percentage, a high percentage of people that trust you and I and trust our occupations. You'll always get detractors. The, the detractors have been there for for centuries. But actually, even criminals understand the police. They Even even cr- hardened criminals have respect for the, for the police. And it's, it, it's, a, it's a great job, and, and long may it continue. What are you going to do when you when you finally hang up your cuffs, though, Michael? What, what have you got planned? That's a good question, Paul. Um, I, I don't honestly know. Um, I really enjoy what I do now. Um, I am, as I said earlier, I'm a crime prevention officer. And I suppose I have been a crime prevention officer about five or six years now. And for the first 26, 24, 25 years of, of the police, I, I always thought I was making a difference. But I see now that I am making a real difference. I, I never valued crime prevention. I've done a lot of training with with um, uh, Secured by Design, which is a UK police yep. uh, association, um, and we're trained as as uh, in, in designing out crime. Almost trained like architects to to look at a proposed building estate or, or housing estate and 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 design the crime uh, crime prevention before it's ever built. So I really see the value in, in what we do now. Uh, so I'm enjoying doing that. And if I was to retire in the morning, I could see an opportunity from crime prevention because, uh, as you know, um, crime is never going to stop. No. Uh, crime might change. Um, you know, we see a lot with cybercrime at the moment, um, human trafficking and, and all that goes with it. Cr- crime will not stop. Once there's, there's money to be made there fraudulently by criminals, they will continue to do it. Um, um, so crime prevention always has a place in society. And I think, I think it's, for, for me, it wouldn't be about, you know, it wouldn't be about making money. It'd be about doing, doing something good, um, giving something back. You know, when I retire, I'd have have a pension. Um, so I'll be about doing something to, A, I suppose, pass the time, but to give something back to communities, to give something back to the public, to make people feel safe. I think that's 
that's what I've done for 30 years and that's what I'd like to do. Uh, I know a lot of people go into to volunteer in, in different organizations and charities and stuff, but I can see, I could see me staying in crime prevention in some regard to be my way of giving something back to communities and making, as I say, people, people feel safe. Uh, do you cover the whole of Galway or have you got a particular area that you, you cover? Yeah, I cover all of Galway. So, I mean, it's a big county, yeah. uh, as you know, as a city, which is probably the fourth biggest city in Ireland after Dublin, Limerick and, and Cork. Um, so, yeah, all of the city and county, uh, two council areas of the city council and the county council. So, um, to be honest, there's no day off. You know, um, people, people, I suppose, that work in, 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 in councils and everything else don't, don't see, they see the police at the end of the phone and my phone just never stops. I put it on silent for this morning and already I have about three or four missed calls. So when I, when I finish with you, it's, it's, it's making those, returning those calls. So it's, it's a busy, a very busy portfolio, but, um, but I suppose what I like about the crime prevention too, there's that bit of flexibility. I can do the work. In my own at my own time when it suits me i can pause the phone to have a conversation with you or have a cup of coffee sure. with you i don't have to respond to something urgently and it's i suppose that my my my, my latter years in in, in life and the career it's it's nice to have a, a job that you can slow down and and um, and enjoy it but you but because of the rural nature of where you live and ireland in general because of the the, the crime takes place but you could be talking several miles between between crime sites and it's linking all those together and i suppose your analysts do a fantastic job with that but i mean here we have a lot of issues with rural crime uh you know where farms are being targeted etc etc and i assume that it's probably exactly the same there yeah, and that's why it's important to work with our different stakeholders. Um, you know, with the farmers, we have the Irish Farmers Association. Um, like this morning early, I was dealing with golf clubs, actually. Uh, there was a couple of golf clubs broken into over the weekend, more in the Tipperary and south part of the county, our country. But, I mean, and if you look at a golf club, it's it's the perfect location to commit mm -hmm. a crime because it's rural, it's isolated, there's nobody there at night time. Um, and it's usually full of goodies, be it cash or, or, or golf equipment. Um, so it's working with the Golf Union of Ireland and these other key stakeholders to get that information, get that crime prevention advice out and to say, you know, don't keep the cash there, upgrade your security and however it is recommended and, and, and working with them to, to try and mitigate the crimes. But as you said, the analysts are, are a huge resource as well because they can they can look at, they can almost predict when the next crime is going to happen and where it's going to happen, you know, and for our frontline officers being able to respond or to be able to predict when something's going to happen is really good as well because um, they can uh, push, I suppose, um, you know, be checkpoints or, or surveillance or undercover police there to to hopefully apprehend apprehend the culprits. And, you, you know, it's that sense of teamwork, I suppose, the, the, the working together that we, we, we accomplish something like that. It feels, feels like we've done a good job. Yeah, absolutely. Well, I'll tell you a quick story about a golf club burglar. We had a uh, we found a, a body, or say found a body. He was taken out and and shot in the Epping Forest. And when we ran his DNA, we could we couldn't identify him for weeks. But when when we ran his DNA, we had a hit at a golf club. And what he'd done, he'd used a a sledgehammer to smash the glass at the golf club. He's gone in there, taken the golf clubs, but he's nicked himself and left his DNA behind. So we knew, he, he, yes, he was dead, but we knew that he was our burglar. So from that, we were able to work it. But what he was doing is he was stealing the clubs 
and having them shipped down to places in Spain where they were being sold on the golf club in the golf courses. Right. And, yeah. you know, it's instant cash, isn't it? It gets converted straight into cash and happy days. Yeah, it's, it's all about opportunity. And I heard, I heard, a, speaking of stories, I heard a, an interesting one about a UK criminal. He was a burglar, a house burglar. And um, what they target here, it's, it's cash and jewellery predominantly. But this burglar, he was interviewed by the police over there. And he said that um, he, more often than not, stole jewellery. But he went to the, the person's property with a stamped, self-addressed envelope. So he took the, the gold, put it in the envelope, and he always broke into a house to, close to a post box. So when he left the house, he just posted the jewellery home to himself because he said more often than not, because he was a well-known criminal, he was going to be stopped by the police walking down the street, searched, nothing on him, and they had to let him off. And three days later, the the, the envelope of, of Julia arrives to his house. So, you know, they're, they are clever. Oh, yeah, um, yeah. And if they were to, 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 to put those... Um, Clever ideas into into something more productive. It, it would be a better world, I'm sure. It, it would absolutely, um, Michael. Thank you so much for your time today. Um, we, in when we take a statement in the UK, we give people the opportunity to add also or correct anything that they've said so far. Is there anything that you'd like to add also or correct in this uh, podcast? No, no, absolutely. Look, it's been a pleasure. Um, I did, I did um, forget to mention. Actually, I had the great honour um, of having a, an audience with Princess Anne uh, in the UK uh, about two years ago. Because Ireland, or sorry, uh, IPA UK, um, celebrated their 70th anniversary, and this came in in 2020, of course, in the middle of COVID. So the celebrations were delayed. But in I think 2021. Or was it early 22? I had the, the great honor of going over to Skegness, I think it is, on your east coast. Yeah. Um, and we uh, we had an audience with, with Princess Anne, so um, it was uh, it was it was a great honor to be there. But look, it's been a great honor to be here this morning uh, with yourself. And uh, thanks thanks for the interview. Looking forward to to listening back and uh, reminiscing about uh, the good times. Yeah. No. Absolutely. So, Michael, one thing I would like to ask you before we go, what links have you got? Where would you like us to to look for the IPA and all the other great work that you're doing? Uh, I'm going to obviously put in the Garda and, and, and what have you, and we will we'll put this far and wide. Um, I, I suppose, you know, many, many different countries have their own websites and everything else, but uh, the main website uh, is the, the International Police Association website, Um which and our main offices is is based in Nottingham, and we have two very dedicated staff there, Hannah and Lisa, who who, who work there, um, and they do a lot of our social media actually. Um, so the office is called the International Administration Centre. So you'd find that on Facebook, for example, it's International Police Association. We are uh, undertaking a, a big marketing program at the moment. Um, so anybody that's on, on social media, just if they if they look for the IAC, IPA IAC, and just like and share and and reshare all of our content would be great and, and just get our, our, I suppose, our ratings up and get more people involved. Yeah, no, absolutely. And we, as I say, we've got quite a following across the world now. And hopefully we can get some more people involved with the fantastic IPA. Great. Michael, thank you so much. I'm very grateful for your time.